Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Get connected. This is part of our church concept of the simple church. And over the last couple of weeks, this is week three of our teaching series on simple church. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about the importance of why do we do what we do. And we talked about the fact that God loves us. And we do what we do as church because we want people to know that he loves us and that he loves them as well. That's the why we do what we do. God loves us. And then secondly, two weeks ago, we spoke about the fact that everybody is welcome. We use the story of the prodigal son and God, like that father, that welcomes us home and says, you are welcome, whatever you've done, whatever shame, whatever disappointment, whatever embarrassment, you are welcome, you are welcome. And as a church, we want to replicate God's love for humanity, like the prodigal son and his father, and we want to be people that say, everyone's welcome, welcome home, we would love you to feel at home here. And then this week, we'll look at this concept of getting connected getting connected. Because I want to say to you this, and we saw a glimpse of this yesterday at the Cap Half Marathon. When the church works well, the church is one of the most amazing pieces of community. When the church works well, it's incredible what can be done. And, and, I, and I'm really proud of the church that we're part of. Just in the last seven days, I've heard stories of this community in action. So just in the last seven days, I've heard of people giving people lifts, offering to help financially, babysitting so people can get to the Alpha course, sending people gifts, taking them flowers, taking them out for meals, taking them out for coffee, helping people move house, visiting people, taking them in cups of tea, and let alone the stuff we did yesterday running for 13.2 miles. That's just in the last seven days. This church community did all the things that I'm aware of. The people said, did you know that this happened this week? And I don't know that there'll be many other things that would have happened that I am not aware of, that people just got on with loving one another, of getting connected. And yes, there's always going to be the challenge that sometimes people might have been overlooked. You might be sitting thinking, well, I, I didn't get any flowers. I never got a visit. And that is true. And sometimes we do get overlooked. We need to look out for one another. And how do we help people, which is what we're looking at today, get connected to the life of the church? All those things I mentioned happened without anybody coordinating anything. There was no one phoning up some kind of mass plan. Could you go visit this person or see this person or do this thing? People are just caring and loving one another. That's how the church should be. What we're talking about today is like the glue that makes church work. The glue that holds things together. So I want to read for you just a short passage of scripture, famous prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. It's the basis of Spring Harvest Tour. We're talking about unity on the tour. And next year at Spring Harvest, we're talking about this concept of one for all and unity. And it comes out of this prayer from John 17. And I want to use this as the basis of my talk today to you all. So 17, let's go from verse 13 um, to 26. It says this. And this is Jesus praying to his Father God towards the end of his time on earth. And he says this. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world. He's talking about his disciples, his followers, his friends. I've told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your words. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. 
Again, he continues praying for his disciples. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just you sent me into the world. I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. And this is when we get included as, as the disciples to follow. And Jesus says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, you are a follower because the disciples followed Jesus' message. They made a difference. They got involved and they got connected and they changed their world. And 2,000 years later, we're sitting here in Romsey School and we have a faith in Jesus Christ because of that. I'm praying not for only these disciples, but also all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. May they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Wouldn't that be a great thing if we could say about our own church community? Our unity is so perfect that the world turns and looks and is interested. Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. It's a great prayer, isn't it? A, A prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples, but for all who were to follow. That's you and me. Incredible that he prays that for us. He wants us to be one. He wants us to be united. He wants us to be together because the difference it makes to those around us. You know, I believe that one of the deepest needs that God put in each one of us is this desperation to belong, to be connected, to be part with others. You know, some of you might be sitting there, I'd love to be part of this church. I just don't know how to. Or, or I've been part of this church for years, but I don't always feel like I connect. Yeah, I know that in this room, there will be such diverse communities. Some of you will feel at home and at ease and others will be uncomfortable and uncertain. And I've, I've had these conversations. People say to me, oh, Simba, I'm in the out crowd. I'm not in the in crowd. But if you're in the in crowd, no one actually knows it because they often come and see me and say, oh, I see him. I feel like I'm in the out crowd. I don't know who creates these kind of feelings, but somehow within each one of us, we want to belong and we often feel like we're on the outside looking in. And I think sometimes that's, a, that's the devil trying to kind of create disunity. You know, God's prayer, Jesus' prayer is for unity. The devil's prayer is for disunity and tries to sow those seeds of doubt and go, actually, I'm not sure if I really am welcome in this community. I'm not sure if I'm part of this. I'm not sure if I'm on the inside of something. Community is the opposite of loneliness. And I was reading this week in part of the research, and I was reading Psychology Today. I'm not sure if I agree with everything it says, but it says this, friendship is a lot like food. We need it to survive. That was a powerful sentence. And a psychologist called John Cacioppo, I think he's a real person, from the University of Chicago performed a bunch of studies about uh, loneliness. And without going into all the details, I can send you the link, but essentially you are healthier in community than you are alone. 
people who are isolated often are more likely to be unwell. And there's a whole list of things, they've, stats they found out and so forth. But loneliness is not healthy. Community forms health. We are better together than we are alone. We need each other. We're designed for one another. So those of you who've seen this Freedom Rocket put on the screen now, and you can all laugh at my uh, rough effort here. But these six different elements of the rocket, we've got here this, the red box that everyone's welcome. We looked at last week. And then the green box today we're looking at, get connected. These pieces of a jigsaw that together we're saying is Freedom Church. That as we look at this simple church and these six different weeks of different topics, how does it all link together? Because if you go back to week one, we look at the hallmarks of the early church. We listed 10 different hallmarks from Acts chapter 2. And there were three of those 10 that are actually all to do with this idea of being connected. They had fellowship together. They shared meals with joy. I love the fact that the writer thought he should mention the word that they had the meals with joy. They didn't just eat together. They ate together with great joy. And they also met in homes. There was a sense of community. The early church, one of its hallmarks was a sense of belonging and community and family. I found it fascinating when we started this teaching series off three weeks ago, and I asked people to shout out what was the reason they stayed at church or came to church or joined a church. Most people said family, community, belonging, friends. That was the bit that was important to people. That's what keeps people in church. You know, I've often said to people, people will come to church for all kinds of reasons. They will come because of the great worship. Thank you, Hannah. Great job this morning. They will come because of the lovely coffee. Thank you, Big Team Four. They will come because of the inspired teaching of the Word of God. Thank you, Hannah. They will come for all kinds of reasons. But listen, they will stay because of people. They will stay. You can go to the greatest church, the greatest performance, with the greatest presentation of the gospel, but you stay because someone you can sit next to knows your name. Honestly, you don't stay because of a show. You stay because of people. That's what keeps us hooked in to church. You know, just this week, I, I went to a meeting um, up in Andover, and I parked my car in the car park. And when I came out, there was a, a, a bit of paper underneath the windscreen wiper. I thought I'd parked illegally and got into trouble. But no, it was an invitation to come and see our church, come and see the beautiful architecture. And here's somebody playing the organ for you while you, uh, you know, admire the flower display. And I was like going, that's lovely, but that's not what a church is meant to be. A pretty building with somebody playing a musical instrument while I admire the flowers was never meant to be a church. I'm sure it's the oldest church in Andover, they reckon, on this piece of paper. I'm sure it's lovely. But you understand we've misunderstood what church is. Church was never meant to be about a building. You know, it's all throughout Scripture, you know, right at the beginning... Man is not meant to be alone. Genesis tells us. Right at the beginning, you've got the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in community. You've got Adam. And then God looks at Adam and goes, no, this is not right for man to be alone. We should be together. And he creates Eve. And then in Psalm 92, this, I love this verse. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. We're meant to be flourishing. We're meant to be connected. We're meant to be planted. We're meant to belong. We're not meant to be isolated. You know, as, as a Christian, you can sing songs by yourself. You can pray to God by yourself. You can have a personal faith. But you only flourish when you're planted. You only grow when you're connected. That's what makes you healthy as a follower of Jesus Christ. We're designed to be together. 
If you go look at Romans 12 and look at this concept of being a body, Paul talks about us being part of a body. If you think about this too much, it's a bit gruesome because it starts talking about hands kind of all by themselves being chopped off from the body. The, the hand is no good without the arm, without the head, without the eye. We know this kind of stuff. But we belong to something which is bigger than ourselves. We have a part to play, and each one of us is unique. Some run the race and some hold out the jelly babies. But we need each other. Both are valid. Both are valuable. And we need to make sure we find our role within the church community and find a place of belonging. We want to be a church where we are connected like this idea of being a body. But I also want to say we are a diverse group. And that is fantastic. We're not talking about uniformity, that everybody must look and sound the same. I love the fact that we actually do have within this church, we can have healthy disagreements. There is a place for saying, I'm not sure I agree with you, but I love you and I'd love to talk that through with you. It's always better when you sit with somebody and say, can we just work this through? Can we talk about this? I'm not saying we should all think the same or do the same. And people often say to me, they'll say, well, Sim, what does the church think about? And then they'll throw out some kind of, you know, theological hot potato. And I'm like, I'm not sure the church thinks one thing about anything. I have an opinion. And other people on the leadership team with me will have different opinions. And you know what? I welcome that. And we don't all completely align to everything. Yes, of course, there are certain things where, yes, we agree on certain aspects of our faith and our belief. But there are so many different things we go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether this is the right way of doing things or this way of doing things. But we understand we are together. We are connected because we're here for a bigger purpose than ourselves. And we mustn't get sidetracked by our diversity becoming something which brings disunity. Our diversity is a richness of what God has given to us. The world is a different place. And we are now, in a more than ever, a diverse country. And we have many other nations joining with us. We have got many people from different backgrounds. And it's fantastic. And we should welcome it and we should celebrate one another rather than saying, I'd rather be with people that are all like me. That sounds really dull, doesn't it? Imagine being in a room with people just like, some of you think, that'd be amazing. Well, okay, you might think that. We are one body, Paul says, many parts. Diversity is a good thing. There is space in this church for diversity. And there is space for community as we hold each other together. I've, I've told this story before, but I still think it's a great story about a lady called Barbara who went to Holy Trinity Brompton Church in London. And she came along one week, and the lady in the door said, Hi, what's your name? She said, My name's Barbara. She said, Great to meet you. It was your first time? Yes. And she went to church, enjoyed the experience. And then she came back the next week. And the next week, the lady was, same lady was on the door, and she greeted her. She said, Hello, Barbara. It's good to see you again. And Barbara was so impressed, this lady remembered her name. She thought, oh, I, I like this church. I'll stay. That was in 1947. She just turned 100 two, year, two years ago. And I heard this story, I thought, that's the story. She stayed not because HTB is a great church, it is. She stayed because somebody remembered her name. Could look at her and say, ah, oh, great to see you, welcome, good to have you with us. Our connections are important. Like I just said, we don't stay because of some presentation, we stay because of people. So one of the ways we do that here in Freedom Church, for those who don't know, is we get connected through our connect groups. We call these things connect groups. They are small groups. They're ways of creating community. Now, this is not a new idea. We've had connect groups or small groups for decades. 
Um, even the early churches I've mentioned already, they had this idea of gathering in small groups, in homes for food. That's what they did. Um, the early church started that way. But throughout history, there's been this moving away from community and then moving back to community. And if you look through your church history without taking up loads of our time this morning, you'll see the early church started with this idea of homes and family and community. But then the church gets organized and gets managed and they create systems and they create structures and suddenly you have to be of a certain caliber to be the person in charge. And suddenly before you know it, the church is a long way from where it started in this community. You know, Jesus himself gathered around 12 disciples. He created community. He created belonging. And some of his disciples were not his best choice. Let's be honest. Peter often put his foot in his mouth. Some of the things Judas did, complaining about the way Jesus gave money away and helped the poor. They weren't a great crowd, but Jesus gathered his disciples around him because he knew it was through community that you can change a nation and nations. And then you have this whole thing throughout the, the decades where church goes from this sense of community and belonging to suddenly a place of structure and systems. And next year, one of the reasons why at Spring Harvest we're doing this uh, unity piece is because next year will be 500 years since Martin Luther um, in the Reformation nailed his 95 theses on the door of Wittenberg Church. That's what happened happened 500 years ago. But the implications of that moment was he was saying, Martin Luther was saying, this is not acceptable. The church is managing and organizing, telling people what they should or shouldn't do. And after there was after the Reformation, there was an uprising of community. Uh, the Protestant church began and people started saying, actually, you and I have value. It's not about this priest who has all the power and all the connection to heaven. Each one of us has something to play. And there was a shift that took place 500 years ago. Just over 200 years ago, we have the Methodist Church began. And last week, it was great to hear from Gareth, our Methodist minister from the town. Well, the Methodist movement, and it was never meant to be a church. It was always meant to be a movement. It started in people's homes. John Wesley was an Anglican priest and he just thought the parish church got a bit stuck. It got, got lost its way. It created a system. He said, we need more discipleship. And so he set up home groups. And they called them classes. And you'd go and they would methodically work through scripture together. And they would learn together. The idea was it was always meant to be a support mechanism to the parish church. Never meant to be a separate movement. But after John Wesley died, the Methodist church started. And for the last 200 years, or almost 250 years, um, the Methodist Church has become this, you know, organized community. But that was never Wesley's idea. And then more recently, and some of you in the room remember this, in the 1970s, we had the house church movement. And people were a bit, oh, I'm getting fed up with the organized church, a bit fed up with the kind of the systems and the show and the, the presentation, and the smells and the bells, and let's do something different, and let's gather in homes and back of the, probably the back of the 60s and the hippie movement and, and all the kind of the Jesus Army stuff that was happening in America. Then in the 70s, people started meeting in homes. And some of you in this room here, you did this. In the 1970s and maybe 80s, you met in people's homes. And this, this church began because six people got into a front room and started praying together and started working out, could we do a church in a different way? Our, our, heritage, our heritage as a church, as Freedom Church, is community. We came, we were birthed out of people finding one another and connecting and saying, could we do church differently? And the risk is we can end up, if we're not careful, becoming a church of systems and routines and, and, and kind of creating models of rockets and things. Okay, right, let's organize ourselves. 
It's all about community. This is what keeps us together. For me, this conversation is the glue that makes churches work. You can have great everything else, but unless you feel connected, unless you feel part of something, it doesn't make sense. So we do connect groups here. We call them connect groups for this very reason. We want people to be connected to each other and connected to God. Why? Well, as I said, the early church did it. The community is important. It's a place of care and discipleship. Hopefully, if you're in a connect group, you feel looked after. You feel that you're being invested in. You're growing as a follower of Christ. It hopefully creates a sense of belonging. If you're part of a connect group, you belong. You are part of something. It's a safe place where you can feel at home and you can feel known and loved and cared for. So practically this happens in homes around the area and there are many people who open their homes up each week and there are connect groups, about eight different connect groups. Trevor Bond here, give us a wave at the front here. Organizes and oversees all of our connect groups and the connect group leaders and they meet roughly once a week and they tend to follow the Sunday program. What we teach on a Sunday gets pulled apart, I think. I'm not sure how good that is on a, on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Tuesday evening and people com- have a conversation about what do you think about what we've been hearing? And does that make sense to us? And a place to have conversation, to have dialogue, to disagree, hopefully, in a safe place. And to pray for each other, support each other. But there are some new groups forming as well. I want us to let you know there are a few new ideas coming out. Uh, Jim, you uh, heard earlier, he's brought um, a worship team, um, a meeting on a Tuesday evening, trying to bring a sense of community into our worship team. Because can I say, if we want to see our worship go to another level... It won't be because our musicians are better rehearsed. It's because they have a better sense of community and God's purpose amongst them. That will change the dynamic. That will shift things to a different place. Otherwise, we could just go and hire the best musicians. But we're not about hiring the best musicians. We're about community and belonging. And so if you want to get involved in Jim's group on a Tuesday night, I'm sure he'd love to see you in that creative group. Elaine is about to start with Hazel, a, a, a ladies' group, a daytime group. Uh, again, that will be starting the next few weeks. Please do get in touch with Hazel or Elaine if you'd like to join the group. Ladies only. No men dressed up. That's just weird. Um, but, you know, you can <laughs> go along to that group if you want to. And please speak to one of those guys as well. And we talk about doing some short-term courses like Freedom in Christ and those kind of things to say, come and be part of a community. Get connected in. Find a way of doing it. And if you want to join a connect group, um, we will either speak to Trevor and he will uh, point you in the right direction. Or you can go onto our website, freedomchurch.co.uk forward slash get connected. If you put that in, you will find our uh, uh, form. You can fill it in and then somebody will be in touch with you. But do get connected. Do get involved with the church community. Um, I know that Trevor's running uh, on Sunday evenings a training program for our connect group leaders and, and potential connect group leaders. If you'd like to become a leader of a connect group, think, I've got some ideas, I think I can help, then speak to Trevor again. We would love to hear from you. It's a great place of connection. The truth is, the truth is, we shouldn't need to have any connect groups in the church. I would love to say we should just have community naturally. 
that we just, just go find friends and find community wherever you are. But the truth is hard, isn't it, for some of us to find a place of belonging without some kind of structure to kind of hook into. And so our connect groups in some ways are just a way we've tried to help people find a place of belonging. We'd love you to feel that you can connect in. So do speak to myself or Trevor or one of the other leaders if you'd like to uh, get involved in a connect group. The last thing I want to mention here, and some of the stuff you've heard from the different teams that got promoted in 60 seconds. Well done, all of you, apart from Hannah overran there. Ah, oh, too excited for a change. There we go. So get connected by participation. I think one of the best ways of getting involved in anything is by actually doing something, participating. I'm not really great, if I'm honest, if I'm invited to join a group and sit around in a circle. I feel a little uncomfortable. But if you give me a job to do, then I'm happy getting involved. I'm happy just saying, yeah, sure, what do you want me to do? You know, this morning at half past eight, a whole bunch of us were down here. At half past eight, the big team four. And, and uh, you know, who um, was Alex was in charge of the team. I said, Alex, what do you want me to do? He said, put the chairs out. And I go, great, I'll put chairs out. I'm really happy doing that. And as we're putting chairs out, you're meeting new people. We're connecting. We're finding out what people are like, what they've been, their week's been like, and getting connected through participation. And I want to say to you, if you're not involved in the life of the church, please do get involved. It's not about a rotor. It's not actually about getting a job done. It's about being part of a community. You know, in my family, when we have um, stuff needs to happen in the house, we all get involved. Some need more coercing than others, but we don't say, it's all right, kids, you sit down. Actually, that's not true. I do say that sometimes, but I say it laced with so much sarcasm. It's become a bit of a family joke. And I say, what do I say? I say, don't worry. Don't worry. You will sit there. It's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I go, thanks, Dad. It really doesn't work. It backfires every time. But we don't want to be like that. We want to be a family that participates in things together. We all join in. You know, when, when you're a visitor, you wait to be waited on. When you're part of a family, you come into someone's house. And I'm part, you put the kettle on. You take, I'll serve you. I'll find a way of caring for you. Please do get involved. Firstly, because you are a gift. Each one of us is a gift to this church community. You've got something to offer. And we want you, the full you, the genuine you, the real you, to be part of this community. We want you to feel that you've got a contribution to make, to bring who you are. And you might think, well, I can't put chairs out and I'm not physically strong enough to put up a staging. Please come and find some way of getting involved. Welcoming on the door, um, doing the teas and coffees. I love what you know, uh, Tracy said. If, you can, if you've got a, a pulse and you can handle a prit stick, then you can join our children's team. Some of you are thinking, no, I'm not sure I can quite cope with those two things at the same time. Um, you know, when I'm with children, the pulse stops. I don't know. But, but get involved in some way. Be, um, be participants of the church community. And I put there on the screen the last thing. It does require an element of being brave. It does require, I mean, for some of you, I can make this sound really easy. Be like, you know what, that means I've got to go speak to someone. I've got to go and approach someone I don't know and saying, could I join a team? Could I participate? And it might be hard for you to ask for that. It might, you might struggle with a, oh, I don't know if I want to say that. Well, the good news is, after we finish church today, all the people you saw on the stage, well, they'll be coming to you. Oh, yes. I can watch everyone bolting out the back door quickly before Hannah grabs me and gets me on the youth team or Jim gets me playing a guitar or something. But we want to get you involved. And if we can help you and make that connection, because I understand it is difficult sometimes to put your hand up saying, I'd love to help. Could I get involved?
could you use the gifts that I've got? Because sometimes we think what we've got to offer isn't always good enough. We're always almost there, people. So do get on a team. Do participate. Do get involved. You know, what is the part you play in this church community? Because people really matter. You really matter. You're part of this family, and we want you to feel at home here. You know, we'll get the band up in just a moment, but I want to say this as we finish up um, this idea of getting connected. The purpose of the church is not to become cool and culturally relevant. I'd love the church really to create its own culture, a culture of honor and a culture of love and a culture of participation and, and service and, and unity and togetherness. That the world will look at the church and go, I'd love to be part of that, rather than look at the church and say, it looks just like the world. Surely we're, turn, we're meant to be turning it on its head. We want to create an authentic culture that's real, that's honest, that may be sometimes challenging, but also attractive because of its diversity and sense of belonging and community. I would love this to be a community of believers, a vibrant community of believers that love and follow Jesus. That by the way that we love each other, the world turns and goes, wow. What goes on with that Freedom Church? That's amazing. I would love us to fulfill the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, to become more united, more as one. The people be drawn to the church because of how we reflect God and his love for the world. In Philippians 2, Paul says this, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. I'm with Paul. That would make me truly happy. So I'm going to leave you with two challenges. Are you ready for this? Who managed to complete last time's challenge of speaking to someone you'd never spoken to before? Yeah, remember that one. In the workplace, at home, or hopefully at home, you know most people in the home. But speaking to somebody, which is a big deal, isn't it? Speaking to someone you've never spoken to before or finding something out about somebody you never knew before. Well, these, this week we've got a different challenge for you, two challenges. Number one, find a way to get yourself connected into the church family. Get connected in. Find a way, be deliberate, intentional, be brave, and get yourself connected in. But, but as I was thinking about this this week, I thought it's more than just that. It's more than just joining a connect group and serving on a team. It's about how do you become a connector and help other people connect in? Because sometimes we can go, well, I'm all right. I'm in. I'm connected. I'm involved. Who's looking out for those who haven't got connected, who are, who've been overlooked, who haven't got the flowers this week or the cup of tea or a pop-in visit or something? How do we pull those in? And so I've got this fantastic image of the barrel of monkeys. Who remembers the barrel of monkeys toy? If you don't remember it from when you were a child, you might have seen it on the, the, the Toy Story film. But, you know, you try and pull out one monkey from the barrel and they're almost always connected, aren't they? They can't help themselves because the way they're, you see the arms there, they're sort of ready to hook on and to stay connected together. And I guess that was the kind of image I'd love to see that at the church, that the church is a place where people connect with one hand and they try and help connect others with the other. Do you understand that image? Rather than I'm connected in, I'm okay, I'm involved, I've got family, I've got friends, I'll pull that person over there, never mind, I'm all right. To encourage one another, one another and challenge you saying, who are you connecting in? Who are you drawing in? Because God has drawn us in. And he pulls us in. And so much more so 
that we should replicate the Father's heart and say, actually, we want to draw others in. And so I want to encourage you this week to get yourself connected in the life of the church, but also be thinking, how could I be drawing others in? How could I connect other people in for people to feel at home, to look out for those who maybe feel disconnected, overlooked, or not part of the family of the church here? Let's pray, shall we, and I'll get the worship team to finish up our time together this morning. What would Freedom Church look like if we had such a strong sense of belonging and people were really welcome that we would be attractive like the early church and many would be gathered to find out more about who God is? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your, your DNA, your heart for each one of us is that we'd be connected to you. And that we would be united like your prayer in John 17. Father God, I pray for our church, the church of Romsey, and your church around the world. That we would be churches that celebrate our unity and our diversity. That the way we love each other and the way we love you would, would make a loud noise in our communities. It would get people thinking, challenge people's understanding of the church because the way we love one another. I want to pray for each one of us as we go from here that we would find ways of getting connected and to connect others in. Help us to see those who are lost or on the fringe. Help us to pull one another in. Help us to look for opportunities to care for those around us, to look for opportunities to to draw people into our community and our family and our friendship groups, that there'll be none isolated and left behind. Because we want to be a family, a community, a place where people can belong so that many more be gathered to your name. Lord, we we thank you that you, you drew us in. You drew us to your purposes. We're part of your family for those who love you. And Lord, help us do the same for others, we pray. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.